You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Rams Nation, what is going on? As always, it is your boy, your host, Sosa Cremendez. I'm a fantasy analyst at PFF and your host here at the Locked On Rams podcast, your number one daily podcast covering the Los Angeles Rams and part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Before we dive into this game recap, I wanted to remind you guys that NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson host Locked On's Peacock and Williamson every Monday through Friday. Brian and Matt give you the national perspective all around the NFL, covering all of the latest news and insight on every game, team, and move around the NFL. Get your picks, previews, and much more every weekday with the Peacock and Williamson podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to your Sunday episode. I guess this is a little bit unusual, but... There's a reason for this emergency type of episode, and it's because the Los Angeles Rams finally got back to the football field. The 2021 NFL season is officially underway, and the Rams unfortunately lost their first preseason game to the Los Angeles Chargers by a score of 13-6. to But of course, as we know, the result of these games does not matter. What we do have to dive into, though, is the performances from the individuals who were on the field. So, of course, we will dive into some risers, some fallers, and just our overall takeaway and recap from this performance. And boy, did I take a bunch of notes in this game. So what we can do is first dive into some of the players that I personally thought stood out. And mind you, maybe I missed a guy here or there. Of course, it's hard to keep up with 60 or 70 players, a lot of which, you know, you don't even know half their numbers. You don't even know what some of these guys look like. So it's very hard to keep up with everything. But I think for the most part, we've got a bunch of names written down here. So To begin, we will start from just the top down. We'll work our way from the risers. I thought safety J.R. Reed played a good game. He had a very nice run stop. I can't recall if it was a third down or not or a fourth down or what it was, but a very effective run stop where he ran all the way up into the line of scrimmage, was unblocked, makes a nice tackle in the backfield. And now that I have the stats also pulled up, had five combined tackles in this game. So a good showing, and he was one of the first safeties out on the field. So that might suggest that he's a little bit higher on the depth chart after, of course, the four solidified starters or safeties for the Rams that we've talked about many times. So very good showing by him. Maybe the best performance of any defender, edge rusher Justin Lawler. This guy was absolutely unconscious, as I've been saying all night in this game. He had maybe two or three reps where he was a step or like half a second away from getting a sack. He hit the quarterback at least two or three times. He had a tackle for loss, five combined tackles as well. This guy legitimately looks like he may be the fourth edge rusher, if not the fourth, maybe the fifth edge rusher in that rotation. Of course, after your first four that are solidified, like the other position that we just talked about at safety, Lawler could legitimately find his way into real playing time because of this kind of a performance. I mean, the dude was unblockable. And it's so good to see because he's finally healthy, finally back on the field. And I guess it's turned out to be worth it because this guy looked really, really good. So I'm going to be definitely focusing on how Justin Lawler can continue this going into the next game. He wasn't the only D-lineman. Another one, number 98, Eric Banks. And if you guys listened to the Wednesday episode earlier this week with Brad and I, He actually mentioned Eric Banks as someone that was an interesting player, and I thought Banks played a great game. I mean, he was in the backfield very often. 
He made himself pronounced in the running game. He had maybe a quarterback hit or two, very close to a sack as well in his own right, and actually did register a sack and a tackle for a loss. So clearly a good performance for him. And it looks like the Rams might have a whole lot of depth at that interior defensive line position. And when you look at guys like Eric Banks standing out now, you can't really complain about that. The next two names, which I feel like a lot of people probably are going to name that we were all expecting to do well and that we were dying to watch rookies, tight end Jacob Harris and wide receiver Tutu Atwell. Now we'll begin with Atwell. He didn't get a ton of run in this game. I felt like they gave him a few early snaps just to kind of get his feet under him and he looked good. He had two receptions for 21 yards, one of which was a really nice catch and run down the right sideline. It was some sort of a play action, I think, and he was completely wide open, but he definitely turned on the Jets, and you could see it. Now, that wasn't the only thing. He also had a huge punt return. I want to say it was somewhere around 40 yards. Now, I believe it was also called back because of a flag, which I feel like we're all used to at this point because special teams is just so annoying when it comes to flags, but it was good to see his speed on display, his ability to not only impact the offense, but the special teams as well. Because as we know, the Rams are probably going to give this guy a shot on special teams, specifically at that punt returner role. And if that's the case, the fact that he can do this in his very first NFL game, I think that shows very great resolve in terms of his ability to just play and use his talent. And mind you, this is a guy who missed 10 days of training camp because he was on the COVID list. So a great performance by Atwell. And I'm very excited to see him get a little bit more run moving into these next two games. But the guy, maybe the man of the match, at least on the offensive side of the ball, tight end Jacob Harris, this guy, we now know why there was so much rave reviews of him in training camp, and it definitely showed in this game. He pulled down four receptions for 43 yards. I believe three of those were for first downs. I think technically only two were, and the third one was like an inch or two short, but they really looked like they spotted that one badly, in my opinion. That definitely looked like a first down, so we're going to be optimistic, and we'll call it three first downs on four receptions, and he had at least another one or two targets. He had seven targets, by the way. That should have 100% been completed, but Of course, the backup quarterbacks, maybe not the most accurate passers and maybe not the best timing with their weapons. So we understand why maybe they weren't given the best passes there. But Harris could have easily walked away from this game with five, six receptions, maybe 60 or 70 yards and probably even a touchdown. And I think something else that's also interesting to note here is Harris was used exactly how we expected in this rookie campaign. They flexed him out on his own far left, all the other receivers to the right in the red zone when they were lined up at the five-yard line, and they gave him a fade pass, which he couldn't bring down, but this guy is clearly going to be a red zone weapon, I think, for the Rams, and there was another instance where he catches a 25-yard touchdown, but he was just out of bounds. Well, he was actually pretty far out of bounds, to be honest with you, but I love it because that's exactly what we expected from this guy. The Rams are going to line him up out wide in certain situations. They're going to let him work vertical and use that athleticism. And he's so good at tracking the football, especially for a guy who has not played in the NFL or played football in general for very long. I don't know if it's just natural to him or if he's just worked really hard at it. Probably a little bit of both, but he did a great job of stacking that corner or safety, whoever it was, I can't recall, and tracking the football over his shoulder, bringing it in, but like I mentioned, his feet were out of bounds, so it didn't count, but this guy legitimately looks like the tight end two on this roster. I definitely think he has a role moving forward, 
and he looks like a player that I'm not going to call a steal just yet, but a player that can legitimately be a receiving threat and a big one for the Rams, not only right now as a rookie, but as he continues to develop into a legitimate, seriously dangerous tight end threat in the receiving game. Now, that wasn't it for the risers. There are a handful more, but we can't get into them all in this segment, which is great. That means there was obviously some good performances by the Rams. We're going to dive into the rest of those as well as some of the fallers in the next segment. So make sure to come back in for that. And of course, you guys can come connect with us on Twitter for all the coverage you need on the Los Angeles Rams at QB's MEP and at Lockdown Rams. I know a lot of you guys just watched that game. And if you guys want to be able to bet on these types of games as well as other sports, make sure to check betonline.ag one of our sponsors for today's episode there are so many sports going on right now like i mentioned the nfl i personally had a few parlays going today as well as over the last few days watching some of these games they were super fun unfortunately no wins for me but you could go bet on bet online and have a lot more fun with these games make it a little bit more interesting and that's not the only sport that they have of course they have the mlb the nba nhl and all your ufc and mma action All you have to do is just get on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their run to the 2021 NFL season. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Welcome back to the second segment here of this post-game recap of the Week 1 preseason contest between the Rams and the Chargers. And man, does it feel good to say that. No more speculation No more what's going to happen. Who are we looking out for? Finally, we have football back. And man, it feels so good to actually come away with concrete takes on who performed, who didn't perform. And we're going to pick right back up where we left off with some of the risers. And to me, the quarterback situation looks pretty clear at this point. Of course, no Stafford, no John Wolford, which meant a lot of Bryce Perkins and Duck Hodges. And these guys rotated throughout the entire game. They were going a couple series at a time, and to me, it was very clear that Bryce Perkins was by far the better option. This guy led the rushing attack for the Rams with 23 yards. The next closest was Xavier Jones with 21, so clearly we knew that the mobility was going to be a factor, and he proved that, and by the way, he had a rushing attempt where he stiff arms one defender, and he hurdled another defender on a third and nine and picked it up on his own. This guy is so fun to watch. I love watching guys like this in the preseason who are pure gamers, who have athleticism and mobility, and who are willing to do whatever they have to do to get a first down or to get a touchdown. That is the exact kind of stuff I watched preseason for. You've seen it with John Wolford years ago. You see it now with Bryce Perkins. He led the only touchdown drive that the Rams had with a nice Throw to Tristan Jackson in the back of the end zone. It was a Y-stick nod play where Tristan Jackson is lined up in a slot-like position at the Y position right to the left of the offensive line. And he sort of runs a stick route with a break at the top, a double move. And it was a beautiful route, by the way. Gets wide open. Bryce Perkins hits him over the middle. Touchdown. And Perkins looked very poised in this game. I thought he was awesome and significantly outplayed Duck Hodges, in my opinion. Now, That leads us right into Tristan Jackson, another guy that I thought played well, didn't get a ton of time, but he looks like a wide receiver. I mean, this guy is built well. He's a big body. He sort of looks like a Josh Reynolds, maybe a little bit thicker, had that nice touchdown catch. He had another nice short reception, and there was obviously some good reviews about this guy as well in training camp, so that is a good thing. 
And then the backfield. You know, I thought these guys were okay. Nobody was too great, but they looked okay. You know, Bryce Perkins, like I said, led the way with 23 rushing yards. So presumably nobody else did all that great. But I thought Xavier Jones looked pretty shifty. He looked comfortable. He was the first running back out there for the Rams. Seven carries, 21 yards. Raymond Calais, seven carries, 14 yards. Jake Funk, five carries, 12 yards. So not a ton of production and no real splash plays. But I really thought that Xavier Jones really gave us no reason to worry about that running back two spot right now. And it looks like he could be the guy moving forward. Now, these guys were some of the risers, but there were some fallers, like I mentioned as well, some guys that maybe did not perform all that well. And the very first one for me is tight end Bryson Hopkins. This guy legitimately looks like he's the tight end four on the roster right now. There is no chance he is ahead of Johnny Munt, Jacob Harris, and of course, not Tyler Higby either. So at this point, he might be fighting for a roster spot, not playing time. He does not look like a guy that is ready to contribute this season. He did absolutely nothing in this game. He also had a false start, which is not good. Just does not look good. And of course, the training camp reviews were not good either. So I'm definitely a little bit concerned about him, but... The Rams did go out and added Harris in this regard, and that's obviously going to cover their behind, I guess you can say, when it comes to finding that tight end two, but again, not good for Hopkins as an individual. Next one, right guard Bobby Evans. I did not think he played well. He was beat by guys that were third, fourth stringers for the Chargers, and we were talking about this guy as a potential starter last week. I mean, how are you getting beat by third stringers, fourth stringers, guys that are not going to make the roster And you're getting beat by these guys, and you're supposed to start against the best of the best. I think it's very clear now why the Rams moved from Bobby Evans in the starting lineup to the Brian Allen at center, Austin Corbett at right guard lineup. Think you can't have Bobby Evans out there, and that definitely showed in this game, in my opinion. Kicking issues. I mean, back to the special teams, a little bit more of a headache. Matt Gay misses an extra point, I believe. Austin McGinnis misses a field goal. And right back to the Samuel Sloman experiment, it feels like I don't love it. But at the same time, not a big deal. I mean, Austin McGinnis is not going to be your kicker in the regular season. Matt Gay, you probably want him to hit those extra points, but not a big deal. It's just the first one. But it is something we will keep our eyes on moving forward. So hopefully it's not an issue. The last stock down, in my opinion here, the run blocking offensive line. Now, I want to preface this by saying going into these games, You should never expect good performances out of quarterbacks or backup offensive linemen because there are not 32 good quarterbacks in the NFL. So how can we possibly expect a team to have good backup quarterbacks? Like that is just not going to happen at this point in time. It's a numbers game. I mean, yeah, they might be okay. You know, you might get a John Wolford who looks okay. He's not going to be a terrible player. But you're not going to have great performances out of these guys. You have to temper your expectations. There are not 32 good quarterbacks in the NFL. And teams are so starved for offensive line talent. No team really has five good offensive linemen either. So you can't expect backup offensive linemen to be starting quality or to be good players. And that's why I don't want to harp on these guys too much. But at the same time, the running game just could not do anything. I mean, the running backs were getting hit in the backfield consistently, snap after snap, There was almost no holes on any of these rushing attempts. Of course, the quarterbacks were getting hit a little bit here and there. Perkins was able to use his mobility a little bit more than Hodges, but the offensive line, not that great of a performance, specifically in the run blocking department. But like I mentioned, again, don't expect too much out of these guys. 
You don't even have five solidified starters. I mean, Brian Allen is going to be a starter for the Rams, and this guy's only played a handful of games in the NFL in 2019, and he did not look good. So if you don't even have five good starters, how could you possibly have one, two, four good backups? It's just not going to happen. So I don't want to rag on those guys too much, but hopefully they can get a few more holes blocked up next time around in the next game so we can actually get a better chance to evaluate some of those Rams running backs because this game was very hard to come away with legitimately any takes from that running back room. That's not going to do it for this entire episode. We're going to dive into our final recap and everything else you need to know about this game, our finishing touches of this contest preseason week one for the Rams. So make sure to tune in for that and make sure to keep checking back in throughout the rest of this week. We're going to continue everything you need to know about recapping this game and how we're going to preview the Rams second game going into next weekend. The fitness industry is so confusing and oversaturated with so much BS information I think that I have the right to say that as a person who has lost 155 pounds over the last three or so years, and I know it always comes down to your protein intake. You need to be able to eat enough protein to be satiated and to continue burning fat, but at the same time, retaining as much muscle mass as possible. And I'm so glad that I have something to share with you guys called the Built Bar. They are by far the best protein bars on the market. They're so delicious. They have nine different flavors. You can't really get bored because they have so much variety. They're also healthy, low in calories, low in sugar. They have 19 grams of protein per bar. They're high in fiber, and they even work for you on a keto diet. You even get a free cooler with your purchase while the supplies last. All you have to do is just go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCK15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. Use the promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Folks, are you having any car troubles? I know if you own a car, you've probably went through the process of something random, breaking on your car, getting frustrated, calling up your mechanic. He needs four, five, seven, ten business days for it to come in. Insanely expensive prices. You don't have to deal with this anymore. You can go to Rock Auto, one of our sponsors for today's episode. They are a family-owned business, and they've been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. They have everything you can imagine, I promise you. They have your make, your model, anything you need for your car. The list is truly never-ending. All you have to do is just go to their website and check out all their available parts. Amazing selections, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com and write locked on in their how did you hear about us so they know that we sent you betting on the nfl doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new locked on bets podcast hosted by your boy q and handicapping expert lee sterling get daily picks blowout specials wrong team favorite picks and lee sterling's lock of the day follow the locked on bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts welcome back to the final segment here of this post game recap for preseason week one between the Rams and the Chargers. And this is our finishing touches here, as well as something that I want to talk about. And we'll begin with that first. The special teams coordinator, Joe DiCamillis. This guy was just recently hired in this offseason by the Rams to replace John Bonamago, who was the special teams coordinator last year, who replaced Bones Fossil, who was one of the best special teams coordinators in the NFL. And of course, as we know, The special teams for the Rams last year were terrible. I mean, they were the worst that they've ever been in the past decade, maybe the past decade and a half. And so Bonamago was not fired. He actually has a different role in the front office now, I think, or on the coaching staff, but just not in terms of actual play calling ability. And now they hired Joe DiCamillis. And this guy in his first game, 
Talk about an impact. I mean, I mentioned the missed kick and the missed extra points, so not exactly a perfect blemish-free experience, but you look at two punts from Johnny Hecker, 45 and a half average, two punts from Corey Bajorquez, 43 average, and one inside of the 20. That's okay. You look at the punt returns. That is where the Rams made their money in this game and showed how much of a difference a coach can legitimately make. Raymond Calais, two returns for 26 yards and a long of 46 yards. I don't even know how that makes sense for NFL.com. There's statistics here. But Raymond Calais had a return that was about 45 to 50 yards. And of course, it wasn't in his total here. So that makes no sense. But a huge return by Calais and another two or three that were like 10, 15, 20 yards. And then two to Atwell, like I mentioned earlier, a 35, 40, 45 yard return on his own as well. And then Otis Anderson, fourth string running back, a 15 yard punt return as well. The Rams had like legitimately 100 plus yards on punt returns. And like I mentioned before, you know, they weren't exactly counted. I think one or maybe two of those were called back on penalties, but over 100 yards, maybe 150 yards on punt returns, which is such a huge deal. The third phase of the game, special teams make such a big difference, and we've seen a lot of that last year. It really helps your ability to flip the field position, of course, give yourself much more room for error when it comes to starting off a drive not on your own eight-yard line as opposed to starting on your opponent's side of the field or something. I mean, you look at the Rams' touchdown scoring drive. That was right after a Raymond Calais punt return that was 40 or 50 yards where the Rams started, I believe, on their own 45. That was the only time they scored a touchdown, and it was because of the momentum as well as the starting point of Calais' punt return. That stuff makes such a big difference, and it's so good to see that in only the first game, Joe DiCamillis and his different scheme and structure when it comes to punt returns and just special teams in general is already making such a big impact. I absolutely love it. It's so good to see, and I'm just super excited to see what they're going to do going forward because, man, they teased a lot of very, very quality play in this first game. I think that's going to do it for the risers and the fallers. Now we'll wrap up with our finishing touches for this game. And isn't it just great to have football back? I mean, I love it. Finally, football is officially back. Of course, it's still preseason. The games don't exactly count. But you look at SoFi Stadium, the first time opening to fans. Man, that was so good to see. There were so many fans. Seemed like such an amazing atmosphere from the television. And not only that, but I follow a lot of you guys on Twitter as well. You guys follow me. I got to see some of you guys tailgating pregame, just a new setup, everything about it. It feels like home finally for the Rams, for Rams fans, for everyone there. And it's just so good to finally actually get that grand stadium open to the fans that deserve it. But as well, to just have football back, man, it really feels like we're finally in season now. It's always weird for me because summertime, it never feels like football belongs. But as soon as that summer passes and the climate here, September, October, starts to get into that fall weather, the sweater weather as we call it, that's when it really starts to kick in. Like, man, football is back. We're officially knee-deep in the NFL season. And we're close to getting into those games that really matter, mid-season and so on and so forth. I love it. We're so close to finally getting the real stuff back. And it's just great to see, you know, Sean McVay back on the sidelines doing things like getting his offensive coordinator, Kevin O'Connell, to call the plays in these games on offense. That kind of stuff is so cool. Little tidbits that, 
you know, makes Sean McVay such a special coach and guy that he's willing to develop his guys on his coaching staff by letting them have these little tasks or maybe not little, but big types of tasks that will help their personal development in their coaching ranks. And now you look at, you know, Sean McVay, his coaching staff's always getting poached and his coaches going to different places, getting promotions makes a lot of sense. I mean, it's not an accident. It's not a coincidence. It's because they do things like that. And it's just so awesome to see that this type of a environment is built in this cool franchise. And not only that, but I mean, you look at, you know, the color commentators for this game. How about our guy, Aqib Talib, man? I love me some Lieb. This guy is so entertaining. They need to get this dude on calls all the time. And I think he actually mentioned that he got eight games this year, man, he needs 16. How about that? This dude is amazing. I'm absolutely hoping that he gets at least a handful of Rams games this year that he can call because the way he was breaking down their defensive calls and what Raheem Morris brings to the table, which by the way, he played for Raheem Morris, I believe in Tampa Bay very early in his career, the way he was breaking all this kind of stuff down, the structures and just being himself like a unique, hilarious individual like Lee is, man, it was so great to hear him. I loved it. I can't wait to hear more Lieb calls. Hopefully he gets a few Rams games because of course he also has the ins. I mean, he played for Sean McVay. He's played with a lot of these guys on the roster, some of the coaches as well. So such a great atmosphere, the perfect way to rebound and bring back the NFL, kick off the 2021 NFL season. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. If you watched the game, you probably agree with a lot of what I said. If you didn't watch the game, hopefully I caught you guys up and you kind of know you know, what direction we're trending in right now. And of course, make sure to keep checking back in with us throughout the rest of the week. We're going to continue covering everything you need to know about the Los Angeles Rams heading into their next preseason game. And just a reminder, you guys can come connect with us on Twitter at QB's MEP and at Locked on Rams. And please subscribe or follow to get our latest episodes, content, breaking news, and a whole lot more.